0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Curtain up theater people and welcome to your program is your ticket coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan. Normally, but today I'm recording in Chicago. Uh, I am out here working on my new musical, We the People, with my co-writer, my musical co-writer, leo schwartz so anyways my name is sean chandler and i'll be your host your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. as many of you know your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller more intimate productions it's these works we like to highlight and it's our goal in this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of My Husband and My Play, At the Flash, I've met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Today's guests are two terrific artists that David and I met when we did At the Flash at the International Dublin Gay Theater Festival in Dublin, Ireland in 2014. The sensational, uber-talented Sean Denyer and Howard Lodge, both based in Dublin, Ireland. They run Acting Out, which is the resident LGBTQ drama group in the outhouse in Dublin, Ireland. Now, the, I'll explain that a little bit because in America, outhouse means something a little bit different. <laughs> but in Ireland, in, in Dublin, in this particular context, it's it's the I want to say it's the equivalent of the uh, lesbian and gay center that we would normally reference out here in America. But they'll talk a little bit more about that when they come on. Um, Sean is the producer of Acting Out and one of the funniest writers I have ever heard, seen, and read. And Howard is a super sharp actor and the artistic director of Acting Out. And he also does a killer American accent. Let's see if I can get him to do it when I bring them on. Um, And normally I would bring these guys on after my opening topic. But my opening topic is uh, a description uh, and some general information of modern theater in Ireland. So I'm going to bring them on first because there are names and people that I'm I'm going to get a little tongue-tied on. So I'm going to bring on the experts. So uh, without further ado, please welcome to the show Acting Outs Artistic Director Howard Lodge and producer Sean Denyer. Hi, Howard and Sean. Welcome to your program. Is your ticket?
1: Hello. Hi, Sean. Hi. very much for having me.
0: Oh my gosh, it's totally my pleasure. Uh, these are two of the nicest guys and, and most supportive theater artists I have ever met in my entire life. They're, I've always said, you guys, that um, our experience at the International Dublin Gate Theater Festival uh, was one of, of acceptance and warmth. There was no... Um, there's no uh, competitive nature there everyone was just really super cool and and really fun and you guys really embodied that so you know very glad to hear that oh yeah it's 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 totally true um and both david and i have thought that uh for for the longest time and by the way uh david says hi
1: Oh, hi David. Hi
0: David. Uh, <laughs> he really, he's really sad that I had to go to Chicago because he wanted to be present while the interview was going on. Uh-huh. But he's excited to uh, to listen to it. So, all right. So let's get to the opening topic. And guys, please, please forgive me if I butcher some of this. And and don't don't hesitate to to chime in if you have something to say about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with the mid twentieth century. Now, Samuel Beckett is probably the most significant playwright of that time, and he had a long career as a novelist and a poet before his play Waiting for Godot, which came out in 1953, made him famous. This play, along with his second endgame, is one of the great works of absurdist theater. Uh, Beckett was awarded um, the Nobel Prize in 1969. Um, that's wild. Now it's, I don't know if I've ever actually heard of a writer being given a Nobel Prize when their focus is play. So do you, do you guys have anything to, to, to say about that? I mean, did he, did he do other stuff besides uh, his...
1: Um, yeah, well, he wrote, he wrote short fiction and, and novels as well, as kind of plays, but I think it was his plays that were being recognized. Um, hmm. Didn't George Bernard Shaw win the Nobel Prize? I might um, be wrong, there didn't didn't who didn't who i'm sorry george bernard shaw uh
0: yeah and um uh oh my gosh bob dylan i think he wrote i think he wrote the nobel prize so that's like that's got to be like a really that's like the ultimate wow it is amazing okay then the lyric theater was founded in 1944 by austin clark and it was based in the abbey until 1951 and produced many of clark's own verse plays now can you guys fill me in on on the abbey because in my in my mind the abbey is a bar a gay bar in west hollywood
1: (laughs) (laughs) um well the abbey was kind of founded by um a sort of group of progressive um Irish artists, including W.B. Yeats, who also got the Nobel Prize, in fact, um, mainly for his poetry, but he also wrote um, uh, plays as well. Um, so it was established by him and a, a group of other kind of Irish artists who were interested in um, trying to sort of establish a sort of Irish artistic identity mm. at time when um, Ireland was still being ruled by, um, by uh, Great Britain. Um, so it came out of that kind of sort of revolutionary uh, kind of roots. Um, and, you know, um, many of sort of Ireland's kind of leading uh, kind of playwrights, like uh, Sean O'Casey, for example, had their um, uh, kind of plays uh, debuted there, and it's still going
2: going strong. Um, and it would now kind of identify itself as the National Theatre of Ireland. Yes. Ah.
0: Wow, so w- were they responsible for sort of bringing uh, drama and theatre to uh, I don't want to say a different level, but to um, uh, introducing it into a more modern frame?
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's always been a strong theatrical culture in Ireland, um, but um, perhaps not such a, a political one. They were very political. They had very definite aims and objectives in terms of getting independence for Ireland, hmm. uh, rediscovering the sort of Celtic uh, past um, and mythology. A lot of Yeats's plays draw on... Um, Uh, Kind of Celtic uh, mythology, uh, for example. So, um, so they were very much about forging an Irish identity for uh, theatre. Kind of when they started, and it still has the kind of responsibility here of producing um, works from the canon. So, um, you, you know, their 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 menu will always include some of the. Uh, greats of sort of Irish literature um, and some would view that as a bit of a blessing and a bit of a curse because they're, they have all this kind of great stuff which they're tied to doing um, and some would feel they're not uh, perhaps thinking about modern Ireland and the issues um, from a dramatic point of view that it's uh, kind of facing um,
0: mm. That is that In America, what you're saying sort of translates into um, money. It means, and I know that's kind of crude, but like a a lot of theater companies will have their they they have they need to bring in like sort of the warhorses, if you will. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, Beckett will sell out, for example. A new writer, you know, it's much more risky. Right. Uh, Even though the the degree of public subsidy. Um, but somewhere like the Abbey is probably a lot greater than many um, uh, kind of theatres in the states. Um, so they have got a cushion um, generally, but uh, but still they have to get uh, bums on seats. Um, so um, and also they do want to produce these kind of great works too. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they they draw in the audiences, so they're they're always
2: um, um, have an eye to the the bottom line too. But I have to say that, luckily, the uh, artistic directors have taken the direction of trying to engage with the community a lot more in terms of staging uh, feminist kind of drama and also um, a, a, a theatre piece uh, um, devised by a group of homeless people and that kind of um, mm. endeavour.
1: Yeah, right. and they've got two, yeah, so they have two new directors actually come from the National Theatre of Scotland, uh, taken over the Abbey. Um, and it would have a very sort of impressive track record in developing theatre in Scotland where they didn't actually have a building. You know, they Mm. used theatres that were available in Scotland or um, uh, produced kind of drama in non-theatrical spaces. And they, kind of in the last year, they've uh, come and taken over the Abbey, so we're sort of interested to see what they're going to uh, be doing. And they've already done some interesting things like they having the first preview of every show now is free. Wow. So if you queue up, <laughs> uh, you get there early enough, you will get a ticket. And that's great for opening up the theatre to audiences who, you know, who can't afford, um, you know, to go uh, to the theatre wow that's that's amazing that's yeah that's no, great. great i mean development. we
0: have like in america we have like rush where you can go up and yeah you know, get a cheaper yeah. ticket or, or lottery yeah but, but it's never free yeah
1: <laughs> you know yeah. unless you went
0: unless you win a contest or something like
1: that yeah yeah okay yeah. no well, it's a new development here and it's a very welcome one i think so
0: indeed Okay, so we'll go to the 1950s. So from the mid-50s, the Unitarian Church at St. Stephen's Green, Dublin, was home to the, is it the, the Damer Theater? Yeah. I pronounced it right. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they uh, produced both professional and amateur Irish language theater. Uh, the, the world premiere of Brendan Behance um, and, and Guile, which is, translates to The Hostage. Yeah, uh, my well, I'm you know doing well. Okay, good. The <laughs> the the S E A N spelling of my name is really coming in handy here. <laughs> Anyways, that took place uh, at in there at the in 1958. The theater closed in 1976. Behan went on to be an extremely popular dramatist, particularly through his work with Joan Littlewood's Theatre Royal in Stratford East, London. So that's that was beneficial for him. Yep. hopefully, hopefully that brought out more playwrights and, and artists. I'm sure it did. Um, other important Irish dramatists of, this, of the period include Dennis Johnston, Thomas Kilroy, Tom Murphy, Hugh Leonard, Frank McGinnis, and John B. Keene. Um, the 1970s and 80s brought a number of writers, actors, and directors who went on to be successful in London, Broadway, and Hollywood. And they include Edna Walsh, Joe O'Byrne, Peter Sheridan, Brian Friel, uh, Stephen Ray. He's a, he's a popular name. Uh, Gary Hines, Martin McDonough, Connor McPherson, and Gabriel Byrne. Now, I have to say that I've been reading great reviews of a script that Martin McDonough wrote um, uh, for a movie that stars Frank- Francis McDormand that came out. Yes,
1: yes, I just saw a review of that. Okay. It sounds great.
0: Oh, my God. It's called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, and I don't know about you guys, but I fucking love her. Anything she does, I'll yes, say.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, it sounds like a good combination. Oh, <laughs> she's
0: she is so, so good. So, um, And then, uh, uh, let's see, who else here? Uh, Gabriel Byrne, he's he's a, a known name in America. And yes. St- and Stephen Ray. Now, Stephen Ray is, is that the same Stephen Ray that was in um, The Crying Game?
1: It mm-hmm. is, yes, yeah. He'd be primarily an actor, really, but he's also been involved in developing... Uh, theatre and theatre companies. We just saw him, actually, very recently um, in Kilkenny. He was doing um, a reading of Oscar Wilde's De Profundis, um, accompanied by um, a string orchestra. Wow. Yeah, which was great. That sounds like... And and Connor McPherson, actually. He's just done... um, He directed and wrote the book for a show that's on in London um, using Bob Dylan's songs Mm. uh, called Girl from the North Country, which is excellent. Really excellent. Includes a lot of Irish actors in the the cast.
0: I get so jealous that you guys get to see all that stuff out there. (laughs) And I mean, it's just it's so wonderful and highbrow and lovely and different and risk taking. And but. I don't know. Do you guys get jealous when you see me seeing stuff in New York? Because it would make me feel so much oh, better if you did. Yeah,
1: okay, of course we did. Yes. No, we're always saying, oh, we thought we were going to that. <laughs> uh, <right. laughs>
0: Even if you're humoring me, thank you so much. <laughs> um, okay, the 1990s and 2000s brought a new wave of theater companies, including uh, Barabas, yes, Barnes, yeah. mm-hmm. Barnstorm Theater Company, Bedrock, Blue Raincoat, Bespoke, The Corn Exchange, Corkadorca, which I is I love that name. Fishamble, Cats Theatre Group, Loose Cannon, um, Boris and Pan Pan. Yeah. And, and do you guys want to add anything to that?
1: Um, yeah, I suppose of the newest ones, there's one called Theatre Club, who are like very young, kind of go ahead, doing very sort of experimental um, stuff. Um, it would be kind of a, a, one of the sort of newer ones. Awesome. Um, Malaprop, there are another group of kind of young youngsters who are, who are making, a, making their way. That's terrific. Um, one of
0: the things that we like to do on this show is to promote um, the uh, the smaller, more intimate theater companies that don't, don't actually get to be front and center as they should, because really, in essence, that's the majority of theater.
1: Yes, and, and for any of your uh, listeners, the American listeners, uh, coming to Ireland in the next couple of weeks, Sean, in fact, the, the uh, Dublin Fringe Festival is about to start, starts this weekend. Uh, and that's a real showcase for a lot of the sort of newer, younger sort of companies um, who, who are coming along. So anyone um, uh, kind of visiting Ireland, there'll be loads of shows on to to see over the next two or three weeks.
0: Oh, yeah. Excellent.
1: I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Um, and uh, I think between the three of us, one of us can probably find
1: the website address for that. Unless you yeah, have... exactly. Yeah. If you if you if you if you Google Dublin Fringe, it will come up. immediately. Okay. So.
0: Groovy. Now, here is something that I I read that I would like to get your guys's feedback on. Um it says here, a number of the companies that I just read off had a significant portion, or in some cases, all of their Arts Council funding at the beginning of 2010. Um, and it remains to be seen if they will continue to operate. Now, that's something that I pulled offline. Um,
1: yeah, it was partly, partly there was a problem with obviously the, 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 the um, financial crash. And it was also partly a difference in the way the art Council began to operate, where they stopped um, funding companies per se, well, but they, they funded a few, like the big ones, like the Abbey and the Gate, uh, the Corn Exchange, I think, Rough Magic um, um, got continued to get um, um, kind of long-term funding, mm-hmm. but everybody else then had to apply for project funding, so every time they had to play or a show they wanted to do, they had to apply for a specific grant for that piece, which meant they were having to apply every year, and it's created a lot of uncertainty in terms of long-term planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they are about to reverse that, because they've seen this caused a lot of problems, so they are going back to more of a model of funding companies for a more medium uh, kind of to long uh, long term on a medium to long- term basis and also um, the uh, T-shock the the Prime Minister of Ireland has committed himself to uh, doubling funding to the arts um, over his uh, uh, kind of tenure so wow you know So yeah, so that's a so yes, people did suffer in terms of cutbacks, like like every aspect of Irish society. But there is a uh, you know a recognition of what the arts do in terms of bringing um, tourists, but also sending out in terms of um, you know uh, touring internationally, sending out um, stories about um, Ireland and and life in Ireland, and it's important to support that.
0: Wow, so I'm glad to hear that that they're reversing that, and they've hopefully learned from from their mistake.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully, I mean, this is this is all talk at the moment. So the, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating, of course. But um, you know, there does seem to be um, some recognition of the economic value, apart from anything else, of the arts and the arts sector.
0: That's okay. I I, I have to like. I have to bookmark this. Did you say the proof of the pudding will be in the eating? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never heard that. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: You're to put it in your next play. <laughs>
0: By the way, I can tell that that's Sean laughing because Sean has one of the funnest, most infectious laughs I have ever heard. I think when we were out to dinner, I think we I think we went to um, uh, Joe Allen's. We met you guys. There. We did. Yes, and um, and I was just I remember thinking, oh my god, I, his laugh is just so. It's 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 great. Anyway, so and and then of course there's there's Howard's American accent. So don't don't forget. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna forget about that. Okay, now we've talked a lot about Ireland. Excuse me, a lot about Ireland. Let's go ahead and talk about you guys. Uh, Why don't you both tell me a little bit about yourselves and your creative theatre passion? And uh, let's start with Howard.
2: Yes, you start. Okay. um, Well, my interest in theatre was garnished from uh, a young age. I began in uh, kind of youth theatre in the town where I grew up, and I went on to study uh, performing arts at university. and during that time was involved in a lot of amateur theatre, um, both as an actor and a director. And I got more and more into the directing as time progressed. Um, I have, When I moved to Dublin um, 10 years ago, I saw a gap in the market for an LGBTQ drama group and started acting out here, which um, remains the premiere, I shall say. LGBTQ drama group here in in Dublin, um, and we produce a couple of productions a year. Um, and I'm also um, a trained drama therapist as well. Um, and yes, that's my passion.
0: Now, drama therapy is that's relatively new, isn't it?
2: It's well, it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's it's um, it would be a discipline which has been going on probably since the s- kind of late 70s in the UK, but has kind of progressed across the Atlantic there to um, the States in the latter years, yeah. Hmm. Just, but it's a relatively new kind of uh, discipline, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's um, it's a, a therapeutic healing process um, in which you use drama as the medium to explore issues for um people who are wanting to explore stru- stuff or in distress of some, some sort and it's, um, it's not a traditional talk therapy, it's more of a, an obtuse um, approach um, so that the, the client um, 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 explores their issues through, through play and through scene work and improvisation and, and all of the um, theatrical techniques basically.
0: Wow, that's, that's, I know that out here it's, it's a little more, um, I don't want to say cutting edge, but it's a little more new, and I've, yeah. I've heard uh, of, of people going into the field, so um, for the American listeners, uh, it, it's nice to have an explanation of it as it builds in, um, uh, I guess popularity is the wrong word, but as it builds in frequency. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Excellent, cool, sure. okay.
0: All right, Sean. Go ahead and, and let us know your theater, creative theater passion, and a little bit about you.
1: Okay. Um, well, I would have had a lot of sort of interest as a young person, youth, um, even into college, in in terms of acting and performing. Um, but then my sort of professional life, I'm a, a, um, a physician, doctor by um, trade, um, I kind of lost it. Although I always had a very strong interest in watching theatre. That kind of remained, and I was a very um, passionate and regular attender of performance. But I wasn't a creator of it until... After I met Howard um, and sort of began to get involved in some of the stuff he was doing, um, and before I knew it, I was really acting as the producer for acting out. He was doing the bits that I don't (laughs) like doing. I wouldn't have had that word for it (laughs) at the beginning, but um, (laughs) I suddenly um, thought, well, this is actually what I am. And then I did some... um, Um, Training and got some mentoring around being a producer um, um, through one of the schemes that's kind of operated uh, here. Um, And then I also became interested in writing more by default because um, we wanted to do a piece with the group. We didn't really have anything that uh, fit the group, and so I said I'll have a go at writing something. So. Um, I did, and I really enjoyed that. That was a, that's probably the thing I most enjoy. in fact. Um, and so I started writing short pieces, and then um, uh, got to start writing a full 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 length pieces, um, and 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 have continued with that uh, uh, kind of since. So combining the writing and the producing with the occasional bit of performing when they need. Somebody middle-aged and evil, <laughs> <laughs> which is surprisingly often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now, Sean was—I remember your your play, Tits Up, was what? What was the entrant in the year that yeah. we were at, uh, in, right. at the Gay Theatre Festival?
1: That was our first play in the uh, Dublin Gay Theatre Festival, which again, for your... Uh, kind of listeners is, um, in fact, the biggest um, LGBTQ uh, theatre festival in the world. Um, surprisingly, held in Dublin every May for a couple of weeks, um, and it's a brilliant um, uh, it's a brilliant thing um, in that it kind of brings sort of companies from all over the um, all over the world, including yourselves, to uh, to these shores, and it's a real chance. Uh, for people to see what other people are doing. Because um, you know, inevitably, sort of theatre for an um, LGBT audience can be somewhat of a niche. I don't think it necessarily um, should be or is, but um, it's great to be able to see um, what other people are up to. So, Tits Up was our first experience of being uh, kind of in the theatre festival um, and, uh, and was a very happy one. I have to say. Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, just, just, uh, I, I love, I love your dialogue. It's so uh, clever and witty and acerbic. And I speak to you and you're so nice and warm and i'm like where does that come from it's
2: all
1: a facade well, that's the great thing about writing there isn't it Sean? i mean you'll know that is that you can you can be all these things that you wouldn't be in um in in your normal life you know um you know i love that i love being able to take on the guise of, of people who i wouldn't want to spend any time with whatsoever you know (laughs) you can write a character and uh, you know it gives you a chance to get inside uh, that kind of mind Um, so yeah so so I really enjoyed that so that was our kind of first uh, um, uh, festival and and we've been in the festival ever since then and um, for the last three years we've had the biggest selling show in the festival so um, which has been great
0: that's amazing. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, now now you guys do so many different things individually. What do you consider your forte or your specialty?
1: Well, mine's definitely the writing and, um, the, and the producing. And mine would be the directing. Yes, yeah. that's how Excellent. we divide things up. Okay, uh, cool. I mean, there is a degree of... Overlap like Howard is very instrumental in terms of being a dramaturg or editor for my writing. Um, I would say um, he he has a very critical eye. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, which is you know which you need, um, and then I would also make inputs to things like the casting of shows and. Um, you know but we're kind of clear what the boundaries are I guess so at the end of the day Howard makes decisions about the directing even if I don't always agree and at the end of the day I make if it's a play I've written rather than someone else's I make the decisions about you know what what uh, what is kept and what's lost and now you guys are a couple
0: we are you are a couple okay yeah. um, and, and I'm sorry go ahead tell us a little bit about that
1: um, we've been a couple for 12 years is it now Mm -hmm. 12 years something like that something like like that (laughs) I can't forget um so so yeah so that's how um that's how long we've been um together um drawn together partly by an interest obviously in theatre and performance and stuff that was a very important and continues to be an important part of our um um of what we have in common um but we didn't make work together, did we, no. for the first couple of years? Um, and I only sort of fell into it because Howard was actually directing. We were living in Sligo, in the west of Ireland, um, at the time, and Howard was uh, had set up a, a group there, and somebody had fallen out of a play. Uh, it was the Real Inspector Hounds, in fact, by yeah. Tom Stoppard, and um, he said, "Oh, you're going to have to be in it." <laughs> <laughs> no. Not? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, three weeks ago before the show, you know. So, um, so I was in it, um, and that kind of, you know, I thought, oh, this is this is fun. <laughs> nice. Um, and and so then we started to sort of collaborate on stuff. Um, and as I said, I started to kind of begin to to write stuff, um, which then Howard's directed all of the all of the plays I've done, I think. Is that right? I think so. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very happy... It's a, it's a fruitful collaboration. Um, I mean, some people say, is it not cause for tension? Um, but, I mean, we do have arguments sometimes about stuff, don't we? Um, but uh, mostly it's all about making something better. I, mean, I don't know what you and David are like, Sean, but um, I... You know, I value Howard's input, um, but I'm able to stand my ground. <laughs> I just do.
2: That's I just. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's when.
1: That's when you let him. Is that what you said?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say I just do whatever David tells me to do. <laughs> Now, you've met him, I'm Can't sure I'll say that, the same. Yeah.
2: It I, must I, be a Sean thing.
0: <laughs> I always like to say, you know, I married a princess. <laughs>
2: so,
0: it was funny because, like, I've been working a lot on musicals, and he was like, no more musicals, you need to write me another play. <laughs> so, so guess what I'm doing next? <laughs> um, are there any particular messages and themes that speak strongly to you in the projects you select to write or produce or direct or, or just interpret in any way?
1: Well, our, our mission is definitely to present LGBT lives on an Irish stage. That is definitely our what we're about. Um, but within that, that gives you a huge scope, you know, so... Um, even in terms of form of things I, you know, we, we try to find a form for something which fits what we want to do so um, you know, sometimes it's been writing um, um, a sort of conventional uh, play um, by me or uh, for example we did a, a piece of a work called Gay Dad which was um, um, based on interviews with men about their relationships gay men with their relationships with their fathers and for that, we, we'd used verbatim um, uh, kind of transcripts and, and, and assembled them into a into a piece. Um, Howard's done quite a lot of devised uh, pieces when he's wanted to get experiences of people in the group. It's about life now. Um, and we've done sort of queer classics as well, um, so we we do a mix of in terms of what the form is, and we've done we, like the last show we did was a musical, was a um, a full scale kind of musical production because we wanted to do something, which uh, well, was a member of the one member of the group is a very talented songwriter, so we wanted to make use of that, and also we wanted to tell a story about um, gay pubs and clubs in the culture and how their position is changing from now and say maybe 20, 25 years ago. So, um, so we thought a musical was the best way to kind of tell, uh, tell that story. Um,
0: is that, uh, the paradise songs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, so, so bringing LGBT lives to, uh, to an Irish audience, not just, uh, an LGBT audience We you know, um, we want, um, you know, everyone to, to, uh, and we and we and we definitely feel that you know any kind of theatre goer, anyone who likes going to see performance, would enjoy our stuff. Um, but it's important for us that we are um, telling the stories of the LGBTQ community.
0: Okay. Overall, just in the theatre in general in Ireland, what do you think is an important direction theatre is taking right now?
2: Well, uh, well, I would well, yeah. Well, I would say that there's kind of an acknowledgement now, more of an acknowledgement. Sorry, an acknowledgement about the audience, and the audience isn't just like a passive crowd of people who are turning up for the pleasure of watching somebody's theatre production. Things are much more interactive now and immersive and the audience are much more involved in in the theatre and and the making of that piece of theatre which I think is a a really good advancement
1: Well I'd have mixed feelings about that myself (laughs) (laughs) I think there's been a trend against the writer definitely um, which kind of as a writer I would have some qualms about um, particularly in, in a country which is known for its Writing uh, culture, so there's definitely been a move towards more, less, more makers, you know, collaborative making of theatre, which is, which is, you know, got many good things to it, but has been at a cost, in my view, to, um, you know, to sort of en- to encouraging the development of writing talent. Um, like the Abbey has, a, you know, I would say, a poor track record in developing new writers. Mm. Um, over the last few years, um, most, it's the kind of smaller theatres. Um, like the, there's a little tiny theatre above a pub here called the Theatre Upstairs, uh, and they're doing a lot more in terms of developing new writers um, than some of the um, you know the bigger houses. Um, the Gate Theatre, which is another the other big theatre in Dublin, uh, and would tend to be known for putting on classics, American, a lot of them the American canon they do um, but also um, classics and European theatre you know, they, they've they had very few new plays over the last decade um, uh, so, so it's definitely a trend to the more immersive, interactive stuff as Howard was saying, and a lot that's really interesting there's a really good company here called Anu, who have done some amazing stuff, they did an amazing piece set in um, I don't know if you've heard of these things called Magdalen laundries uh, which were laundries run by nuns um, up until the 1970s in fact um, and were basically um, institutions for girls who had um, um, become pregnant or um, had mental health problems um, and they basically kind of worked in these laundries um, kind of run by nuns um, and they were like prisons, really. Um, and Anu did a fantastic piece, which was actually set in one of these old laundries, um, hmm. which was a very sort of interactive piece where you got split into individuals and you had an individual experience going around this, um, um, around this piece. Um, so they, you know, so they've been, you know, really interesting. Um, um, and sort of cutting edge sort of developments in kind of Irish theatre. Um, and they're sort of entering the mainstream now too because they've become a, I knew I've become a uh, sort of an associate company with the Gate Theatre, um, who are a big, a big theatre in, in, in Dublin. So um, that's definitely, that's what's been happening. But I feel, I feel there's a sort of trend back towards the writer. It's like it's kind of, it went so far, it's like the writers kind of didn't matter. Um, whereas I think it's so, uh, I, my feeling is that that's coming back, and people are hmm. saying we need to be spend, you know, giving more attention to developing writers, particularly women writers, because um, there was a huge um, thing here, uh, a movement called Waking the Feminists, which was started by um, uh, somebody, somebody I know actually, who just did a quick check of how many of the plays being produced by the Abbey. Uh, were either by women directed or directed by women uh, and of course they were found to be failing um, you know very significantly so there's, there, there is a certainly a much greater push to get uh, women writers and, and people from not traditional communities within Ireland so Ireland now has a, has a big immigrant community uh, which it never traditionally had, it was a country that people left Rather than move to, um, but that's not true now. You know, so there's, there's a lot more interest in developing work which reflects the experience of the people who are currently living here, whether they were born here or they came here, um, and and also looking at, um, uh, at the voices of women. Um, still, a lot to do on that on that score, but there is at least the recognition and some. Uh, kind of progress, um, uh, kind of being made in terms of evening up um, the opportunities um, for people. Hmm. And I, I would think that we could
0: probably thank the the smaller theater companies, the smaller uh, houses, for, yes, for that for those opportunities.
1: Def- oh no, definitely, definitely, because. You know, certainly the bigger ones were stuck in a rut, um, you know, and uh, the kind of smaller ones have been the ones making the more interesting and challenging uh, uh, kind of pieces and saying, you know, you, you lot have to change, you know, if you're going to stay uh, relevant. Exactly. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and even most of the big, uh, as I had said before, the big warhorse pieces they they all started off small as well so i well, think exactly of course
1: they did yeah and they were like radical and there were like riots outside of you know when the plow on the stars by the cases were put first put on there was a riot outside the abbey you know um so um yeah they, they're, they're having to think again about how they engage people and make stuff that actually um, you know, talks to people and gives people opportunities to see what's on. Like I said, the, this initiative of having the first preview of every play now at the Abbey is free. Um, you just have to queue up. Um, you know, it is a great um, way of, of making it more democratic.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay, let's... Howard, let's have you answer this question first. What should every theatrical artist, actor, writer, director, administrator... Be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry.
2: Um. Oh God. Um, <laughs> well, I think they should be kind of supporting the local scene and seeing as much stuff as they can, and keeping up with new writing. Okay. Um. I tell you what. I,
1: I think. I think. Yes, you need to do that. See as much as you can. I always say that to people. You know, go to it, everything um but i also think do what you want to do um because you can you can be told that oh what you're doing isn't the trend it isn't you know what uh, what's in right now um but i think if you continue to do stuff people will come that's good and interesting people will come to you you know um you've got to keep your vision uh and not try and anticipate a trend or try to ride the crest of it you know because trends come and go um, you know I think you need to you need to stick to your own um, own vision and kind of bring and bring people with you you know and I think that's to an extent what we have done with the group isn't it um, because you know now as I said you know we've been in the in the gay Festival, we've had the biggest selling show the last three years and that's because we've built an audience and we've developed, a. you know, people know they're going to come to see our show and they're going to enjoy it. Um, or they're going to get something out of it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think you have to stay true to yourself, um, and not worry too much about, um, what the latest thing is. Um, know because uh, the latest thing will be different you know next next year
0: okay excellent answer excellent answer both of those answers are excellent (laughs) okay now before i ask you what you're working on you know that's new right now and to give our audience your social information do you guys want to do a speed round with me yeah
2: yeah
0: okay I, i think it'd be great to do like a an Irish speed round because all my speed rounds have been American. You guys, you guys are my first international guests. I want you to know.
1: Oh, we're so right. Oh my <laughs> God. I
0: know. I should have said that. Like I should have led with that, but, uh-huh. but, but there it is. I got, I got it in. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a series of questions and try to answer as quickly as you can. And Howard, would you give your answers in your American accent?
2: <laughs>
0: Please. I don't
2: know where this mythology of my American accent has come from. It's come That's
0: from great. David.
2: It's David. He's
0: like David's always bragging about your American accent.
2: Seriously, I must have been drunk, I and mean, I'm not drunk now. So, well, can you give it a shot? <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Come on. You're you are an actor, and you are uh, an an actor who also incorporates therapy. So. Just pretend yeah. like I, I need it to get through the day.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's it's the
0: uplifting support that I need to get through my day.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, we'll we'll even let Sean start and then you can give your answer second, so you have some time to <laughs> to formulate it in your mind. Okay, all right, ready? Yes. Your okay. All right. What's your favorite play?
1: Um, Angels in America.
2: Yeah, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: What was the name of that play, Howard?
2: Oh, it was Ditto. It was Angels in America. Also.
0: Come on now, say it with the American accent, please.
1: (laughs) It's an American play, Howard. I can't do it. (laughs) He's failed the audition. Okay. okay. All right. I'll I'll give you one
0: more chance in a further question. Not not a, a question. I'll, okay. I'll just just—I'll have you deliver your social media information in your American accent, okay? <laughs> Anybody can. I can do that in Irish accent. I'm horrible with accents. Okay, okay so you, for favorite play you both said, Angels in America, favorite musical?
2: Cabaret. Oh, uh, oh. Cabaret. Oh, um, <laughs> oh,
1: Oh. you've got me there. Um, I'd say, only because I've just seen it, uh, Follies. Okay. Favorite writer? Favourite writer, um, contemporary or past? Either one. Either one. Um, Favourite contemporary, Ender Walsh.
2: Martin McDonough. Okay. Director?
1: Um, oh, director. Um, oh, Ivan van Hove, the Dutch, the Belgian Dutchman. He's big yeah. out in America. Mm.
0: Howard Lodge. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> love it. Okay,
1: okay.
2: Mentor. Mentor. Sean Denyer. Um.
1: Oh yeah, it would be. Um, I got the chance to be mentored by a great uh, kind of producer in Ireland called Diego Presgattee, who worked for Rough Magic, uh, and he was a, he was such a help to me. Excellent. Cool. All righty. Well that's that's terrific
0: uh, great answers by the way and now let's move on to what you're working on right now or if there's anything you want to talk about that you're doing in the future
2: ok well we, we're just about to return from the summer recess and we will be starting um, rehearsals for a kind of cabaret showcase Christmas extravaganza I'd call it We put out a call for um, short scenes which had an LGBTQ theme and also a Christmas theme, and we're going to put them together in um, into a showcase evening. Um, So we'll be starting work on that.
1: And And it's a good chance to get new writers in as well. You know, so people people get a bit intimidated at the thought of like writing a whole play, Um, but you know, a short a ten-minute piece is something people feel they can have a go at. So we want to. We want to develop and build new writers who will do work for the group. Um, And it doesn't just have to be, you know, know, because I have a voice, a particular voice, but we want other voices in it, uh, in the group too, you know. Um, And then I've just finished a play. Um, I've just, it's just about finished, um, which we'll hope, um, well we'll submit for the Dublin uh, Gay Theatre Festival um, hopefully
2: um, um, next year is actually the 25th anniversary of the decriminalisation of homosexuality in Ireland Wow! so we hope to do some kind of historical kind of retrospective on um, episodes from gay life in, in in Ireland and put that together in, into some, some form of production so and it's also the 10th anniversary of acting out next year so
1: (laughs) so. i want to mark it with that um so yes lots going on
0: and i saw that you you put a post on facebook saying that you're starting up again and we are and you were asking for you were asking for um i want to say like talent and involvement and did you want to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah, um, well, we're starting up on the 14th of September on a Thursday night in, in the outhouse, which is the um, LGBTQ uh, community centre in Dublin. That's where we uh, uh, kind of meet to rehearse. Howard has a very um, open um, um, attitude to uh, people joining the group. So there are – he doesn't do auditions. Anyone can come along because um, the view would be that there's a kind of performer – uh, in everybody um, and people who come along are always like really surprised that they can just come <laughs> 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 yeah, you know and of course when it comes to casting you know we obviously um, uh, you yeah, know we obviously think who's kind of best suited uh, to the role but it's very important that it's kind of open to everybody because we've had some incredible performers in the group who have never done a day's acting in their life uh, until joining the group, um, and they really um, developed into amazing form. So that's the kind of philosophy, I'd yeah. say. The now, of the group. is that uh, just
0: uh, for, for performers, or do you invite people in to be technicians and and to, to work administrative things? Job? Well,
1: we would be very open to that. We'd be delighted, <laughs> but we find that most people want to come and perform. Um, if they want to join the group, um wow. we have got we have got people through people that have joined the group who have subsequently become more involved in um, the kind of backstage activity. Um, and we have, side, yeah, yeah, and we had um one of the good things about the group group also is, is that several people within the group have gone on to do further training in performing uh, arts in different ways. so, uh, for example, one put the the woman who was involved in doing the tech stuff, uh, the lights and sound for the group. She went off um, to the Lear Academy, which is the like the conservat- conservatory um, in Dublin for training. Okay? are you are
0: you talking about Hannah? Oh, yes. uh, I love Hannah. She she worked uh, lights for At The Flash. She was so cool.
1: Yeah, great. well, she went she went to the Lear and did a, a kind of stage, um, backstage technical um, degree um, uh, for three years. And she's just come back to us, <laughs> oh. uh, fully trained and telling us what to do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which is great. There's another thing we love about the group is it's that it, it's like a springboard The people... Um, you know, like there's another we have a very talented member of the group who has started his own sort of cabaret um, night. Um, he's got one just coming up actually, and that's sort of something he's done on his own initiative, having been supported by the group and developed his confidence around uh, kind of doing that stuff. so we so we love the sort of side projects that are shooting off uh, from the group um, um, as well. you know, and I think it just shows when you give people, an opportunity you know what they can what they can do
0: oh absolutely and you know so many i think so many theater groups are so insulated and uh well
1: yeah and exclusive I, thing about, uh, yeah totally it's with starting the group is a lot of um uh you know a lot of theater groups have a lot of lgbtq people in them you know um but you know, some of them would say, "Well, they were very typecast, or they were given mm. a certain sort of role, or they were never given the lead romantic role, or you know." Um, so I suppose that's another thing our group does. It gives them the chance to be the star, <laughs> mm. you know, uh, of the pieces we're we're developing. We're telling their stories, and so you know, they the you know they're the ones that want to tell them.
0: I've only met one person that. Um was okay being you know spear carrier number three or playing reverend Harper and arsenic and old lace and he's he's our friend um andy wisbacher who only went into to theater in high school because he said he joined every single club to be popular and (laughs) so now we all whenever somebody comes in and like has three lines and like steals the whole show we say that he or she went to the Andy Wisbacher School of Acting. I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> I just love that story, but you know, and I, I think I think that's great. And I, I totally agree with you that um, uh, that it, it's nice to be able to give actors and, and artists new opportunities to play different characters. I think that I mean I, I've said this before, but I don't know. Uh, Jane Lynch, the the actor who was on Glee, uh, yeah, yeah. She, in her book, I read that she says that that every character is in every actor. You just have to find it.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: And I think that we're seeing a lot of that with with uh, anti casting and non traditional casting and colorblind casting and and, and yeah, 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 yeah,
1: that, yeah. That's a, we're talking about trends. That's a definite trend here right. too. Right. You know? So okay.
0: Alrighty then. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and please, please, Howard, please do this for me. <laughs> Give our audience your social media information in your in your American accent.
1: Do you know what our social media information no, is, Howard? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. It's not the kind of thing he knows. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm just not going
0: to get it, am I? Wow. <laughs>
2: I'll, I will tell you, Sean. Okay, Can you
0: do it in your America? <laughs> I
2: think what, Sean, this is even better. We'll get Sean to do it in his Manchester accent. No, they will not understand it. it's really pretty cool. no, 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 nobody in the America will understand Okay,
0: it. so um, so let's do it this way, uh, Sean. Yes,
1: the,
2: the, best way, the
1: best way to find out about what we're doing and to see photos of productions we've done and listen to some of the songs that have been in the, in the kind of musical things we've done um, is our website, which, uh, and that'll have links to Twitter and Facebook and all the other bits too. Um, and that is www.actingoutgroup, or one dot com.
0: Okay. Once, just say that in the American accent, please, Howard. I've been begging the entire time. I'm doing this for my husband, by the way.
2: Yeah. I'm a bit frightened now. Okay. So that's www.actingoutgroup.com. dot acting out group that's it
0: oh that's my it. gosh yay okay I begged for it I begged for
2: it <laughs> did I get the part
0: <laughs> you do you you get the part. <laughs> Mostly because your husband probably wrote the script. Actually, he did write the. <laughs> script. it's <'cause... laughs>
1: uh, not uh, an argument now <laughs> right. uh,
0: Well, you guys have just been absolutely delightful, and we've oh, learned. It's a pleasure
1: so... to speak to you, yeah, and uh, love to David.
0: Oh, 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 of course, and and uh, and and love back. Uh, it was just wonderful hearing so much about a theater culture that we don't experience in. In america as much and and only uh, through the occasional irish play that's performed um out out, out here um and, and and learning the history and where the priorities are over there it's it's just been it's just been delightful so thank you so much for being on your program as your ticket sean and howard and being my first international guest. you guys were awesome
2: Thank
0: you very much. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Okay. At the end of each show, I'd like to give a shout-out to current productions that I feel are worth a recommendation. Um, On tonight's episode, I'd like to recommend a show that David and I saw on a recent trip trip to Washington, D.C. We went last week. Uh, We saw uh, Big Fish, the musical, at the Keegan Theater in the DuPont Circle area of D.C. Now... This is um, Big Fish, the musical, has a book by John August and music and lyrics by Andrew Lippa, very, very popular lyricist, musician, um, musical writer, sorry. And this production is directed by Mark A. Ray and Colin Smith, co-directors. Music direction by Jake Null and choreography by Rachel Lee Dolan. It's based on the celebrated novel by Daniel Wallace and the acclaimed film directed by Tim Burton. Uh, Big Fish centers around Edward Bloom, a traveling salesman who lives life to its fullest. Edward's incredible larger-than-life stories thrill everyone around him. Most of all, his devoted wife, Sandra. But their son, Will, about to have a child of his own, is determined to find the truth behind his father's epic tales. Overflowing with heart and humor, Big Fish reminds us why we love going to the theater. For an experience, it's richer, funnier, Funnier and more extraordinary than life itself. Um, it's a heart-filled story, and it's one that you can take uh, young folks and senior folks alike. Uh, there are strong performances and creative direction and stagecraft. Very, very creative for the size of theater that it's in. Um, it's it's been extended to September 9th, so you only have a few more days to go. Again, it's located at the Keegan Theater, and you can visit keegantheater.com. That's K E E G A N Theater with an R-E, like they spell it in Ireland, um, for tickets and information. Well, folks, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guests, the brilliant, my brilliant, wonderful friends, Sean Denyer and Howard Lodge. You guys were amazing. Uh, you can find more episodes of Your Program is Your Ticket at facebook.com backslash program is your ticket. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @programticket, and the website is, you guessed it, yourprogramisyourticket.com. I'm on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, rate me, write me review. I'm a writer. I could take it. I get reviews all the time. Um, so go ahead. Do that. I would appreciate that. Folks, so take a little time to see a show this week. And don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's lots of theater gems out there. And until our next show, good night, theater people. And
2: curtains.